I am excited to be back up here um, sharing the Word of God with you guys here at River City, which, as Jason said, we've been here for a lot of years, and this is our, our home. Many of you are like our family, and so we, we're honored to be, to be here with you guys today. Um, just wanted to uh, ask you guys this. If, if, if any of you feel like maybe we should open up just asking for forgiveness for our gluttony the last few days, anybody feeling like God just needs to forgive us for how much we ate? Um, I hope God is more forgiving than my waistline because it's, uh, it's, it's struggling to get in these pants this morning and all kinds of stuff. So it's been a, it's been a great week, though. We had a great time. Our, our, both our sons were in town together. We got to have Thanksgiving lunch with uh, our twin sons. And so it's always wonderful to get together with family, with friends. We got to spend Thursday with some good friends. And so I hope you guys had a great experience as well. But we're going to, as Jason said, follow up on this series, Life, Money, Hope. I'm going to finish out today. Uh, kind of talking about this idea that God's way works and my way hurts, and, and it's a very basic um, message that I hope will impact a lot of you guys and help maybe you help, help you maybe think differently about the way that, that we're managing some things in our lives. There's some facts that Jason shared. I didn't fact check this, so I hope it's true, but, but um, he gave this stunning uh, fact last week that says this, an average family lives on 136% of what they make. And, and this is really just a, a sad truth to realize that so many of us are spending more than we make. It's leaving us in a, a very difficult situation financially. A lot of us are struggling to, to keep our finances in order, to make right decisions, to, to really get to where we feel like we're living our lives financially the way that God wants us to. And the Bible has no shortage of teaching on money. Jesus talked about money more than any other subject in the entire uh, four Gospels. When he was sharing uh, this is a subject he came back to over and over and over again. It's not like there's a, a shortage of God's precepts on how to manage our money. We just aren't very good at it sometimes. We just maybe don't apply the things that he taught us. So uh, it is important to us here at River City that you guys learn that. You, that you guys learn the biblical way of giving, of managing your finances, of being good stewards of what God has given you. And that's what we're talking about today. But it's so important to us that every year we, we make sure we offer a financial peace university uh, you saw the, the video a minute ago. You guys can sign up for that today. Um, it's starting at the beginning of the year, January the 19th. We are doing signups now, so don't forget that. But um, last week, Jason talked about giving God the first bite, right? Making sure that you give God your first fruits, that you tithe with what comes in first, that you make sure that, that you put him first so that you can reap the rewards of doing what he says. And, and the Bible really does say that, test me in this. And so if you start doing that, that's really your first step to financial hope. He talked about three mindset changes um, that, that we need to, to take on. One is that everything I have is from God. We're going to expand on that one a lot today. Everything I have is from God. The second mindset change is this. God doesn't need my money. We're not doing it because we're trying to fund God. It's, it's more about following his principles. And the third one is more money won't make me more obedient. If we don't start with obedience in what we have, um, it's going to be hard to, to, to start becoming more obedient with more money. So we're going to expand on, on that today. And, and, you know, Jason hit on the idea of stewardship last week, but it's our, it's our big point for today, stewardship. We're going to talk about what that means and, and what it is to be a good steward for God. And so let's start with a definition. This one is out of the dictionary that says this, stewardship is the conducting, supervising, or managing of something. It is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Now, that's a, a long uh, definition that's maybe a little hard to swallow. So let me rephrase that kind of in a way that makes a little more sense to, to some of us. Stewardship is taking care of the stuff you have. That's the really easy way to say it. Stewardship is taking care of the stuff that you have, right? It's taking care of what has been entrusted to you. Managing, 
supervising, just basically taking care of what you've got. So let's look at it from that perspective. Stewardship is taking care of stuff, and God has, has given us a lot of areas in the Bible where we're expected to take care of things. God tells us over and over again he wants us to take care of different things. We're supposed to take care of the widows, the orphans. We're supposed to take care of each other. We're supposed to take care of ourselves. Stewardship is, is not just about money, but in, in many cases, and what we're going to primarily focus on today is, is taking care of ourselves financially with what God has given us. But it, it, it actually encompasses so many things in our lives. And it's obvious that, that God not only tells us that we should, but he has expectations of us when it comes to taking care of things. So, so we're going to start making sure we get a, a really basic concept. Um, this, is, this is, like I said, kind of an elementary way of looking at this. But I want to put a picture up here and give you a, a little background and, and say we're doing a supposition that maybe you've come into some money, okay? I don't know if you, you play the lottery or not. Maybe you just hit the lottery. Maybe you got an inheritance from a, an aunt that you didn't know you had. But you, just imagine that you've come into some cash, all right, more than you've ever had to manage at once. And you're a little you know, concerned that I, I need someone to help me manage this big windfall that I've received. And I'm going to give you two options of people that you might choose to help you manage this big amount of money. So let's take a look at this picture. Of these two guys, which one do you think appears on the surface to be more qualified to help you manage your money? So we're going to do a little poll. How many people say, if I had a big bunch of cash and I need someone to help me, I'm probably going to go to the guy on the left. How many of you guys say the guy on the left? Yeah? Anybody in here this morning say, if I, if I came into some money, this is the guy. If those are my two options, this is the guy I'm going to pick, the guy on the right. I knew a couple of you guys would... would Raise your hands and, and say yes. Now, we don't know much about them other than, than this is all based on appearance. But, but we do know the guy on the right is advertising that he is homeless. He needs help himself. He might be a great guy. He says, God bless you. Jesus loves all. Very good sentiments. We care about him. We have compassion for him. We might even want to, to help him. But it's not really a hard choice for most of us. When we look at somebody who's having trouble taking care of themselves, this guy is, is having trouble managing what he has in his own life. It's not likely that most of us are going to say, that's the guy I want to help me manage more stuff, right? The guy on, on your left, if you chose him, it's actually a, a really good pick. Greg Greenwood goes to, to church here. He is a, a managing tax partner at Ernst & Young, does, you know, manages money for a living for, for large corporations. So good pick, just based on the surface of things. But I want you guys to get something about this. God looks at us in a very similar way way when it comes to what we've managed and whether he would trust us with more stuff, okay? He looks at us, and it's not just a surface thing with God. It's not just on how we appear on the outside, but it's how we've managed what we've been given when God decides, should I trust them with more? Should I ask them to manage even more things on my behalf? Because he looks at whether we've done well with what he's already given us. And that's a, that's a repeated biblical principle over and over again. I'm going to throw out a bunch of scriptures to you guys today, but I want you to to hear that. I want you to hear it, not just in my words, but in the words of Christ. So, you know, if you're a heathen and you don't read the Bible very often, I'm going to throw a bunch of scripture at you today. You get to go home and feel like, man, I read the Bible a lot today. Um, so I'm going to throw it out real quick, but I'm going to give you the scriptures. I want you to get this idea that this, this concept is not only um, from Christ, but it's so important to him that he repeats it in multiple places, in multiple ways. So the first scripture we're going to look at is Luke chapter 12, verses 42 through 44. Jesus uh, answering the disciples, they've asked him a question. It says, the Lord replied, with Christ talking, he says this, a faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give responsibility of managing his other household servants 
and feeding them. Now, when he's talking about masters and servants, he's talking about bosses and employees. He's talking about somebody that's over an organization and trusting the people that serve under him, okay? So understand what these concepts and what these words are meaning. A faithful and sensible servant, somebody who's serving somebody else, working for somebody else, is one to whom his boss, the master, can give the responsibility of managing the other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all that he owns. Over in Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, this is part of a, a story we're going to share a little more of later, this parable of, of the talents or, or um, another, just a whole other story that Jesus tells of masters and servants, bosses and employees. He says this, the master says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Back in Luke, Luke chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, once again, words of Christ. He says this, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are disobedient in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly things, who will trust you with the riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own. It is obvious, time and time again, Jesus comes back to the same subject and the same concept. If I can't trust you with what little bit you've been given, why would I trust you with more? And so many of us in our lives, we, 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 lay, our, we lay our heads down at night and we ask, God, why don't I have more? God, why am I struggling in this area? God, why, why can't I ever seem to get ahead? God, why do I continue to, to face these difficulties? And, and maybe for some of us this morning, what God is trying to say through these scriptures is, you're not managing what you have. What makes you think you can handle more? Stewardship is, is taking care of the stuff that you have. And Jesus is saying, I've given you something. Everybody here has something. And so the question when we look at stewardship this morning is, are you managing what you've already got? Before you ask for more, before you wonder, why can't I get something else? Why can't I have what that person has? Why am I not not as successful as that person? Why am I not as blessed as that person? The question you need to start with is, am I managing what I've already got? Am I doing it the right way? Am I doing it God's way? Am I taking care of what God has given me? So knowing this and getting this concept, starting to understand that it's really important to God that we take care of the things that he has entrusted to our care, we need to figure out what's a good way for me to take care of my stuff. So I want to give you guys four real basic concepts, four ways that you can better take care of your stuff. First way is this. Number one, you've got to identify the areas that need your attention. A really good manager is great at identifying the areas of problem, right? He can always look at a situation and assess, here's where we're hurting. Here's what's costing us money. Here's what's going on poorly in my organization. If you're a really good manager, the first thing you got to do is identify the areas that need your attention. This, this is really true when it comes to your personal finances. How many people in here have ever done a budget where you do like the account for every dollar spent budget. Has anybody ever done that? Account for every dollar going out over the course of a month. A few of you guys have done this, and I will tell you, every time you walk through this um, practice and, and you start to account for every dollar, you start to really learn where you're spending all your money. I and mean, if you've never done it, I encourage you, just try this one month. Take the time to sit down and account for every dollar you spend, and you start to realize, hmm, maybe that's why I'm coming up short 
at the end of every month. Maybe that's why I'm not able to save more. Maybe that's why uh, I've always got more video games than I've got food or, you know, whatever it is you're spending money on. Maybe, honestly, for us, when I budget every dollar going out, I realize I eat a lot and I spend a lot on food. And, and so these aren't always bad things you're spending money on. You just don't always allocate your resources uh, proportionally to what they should be. So accounting for every dollar really helps you to understand these are the areas that are dragging me down. Um, Jesus, being one of the, the greatest stewards or the greatest steward that ever walked the earth, was really great at identifying needs, not, not just financially. He talked about money a lot, but he also, he was a good steward of, of everything around him because he identified a need and he would always address it immediately. He didn't just leave things uh, for later. He got in trouble for it sometimes, actually. Christ would heal people on the Sabbath. And, and just like today, we, we talk about honoring the Sabbath to keep it holy, but the Pharisees took it to a whole other level. The religious leaders at the time just said, you're not allowed to do anything on the Sabbath day. And so when Jesus would go around and he would, he would see needs and address the needs he saw before him, they would get upset and they'd be like, you can't do that. You can't heal people on the Sabbath. And he's like, come on, how many of you, if you, and he, like he always does, he shares a parable, shares a little story. He said, if you're a, if you're a farmer and you have an ox that falls into a ditch and it's the Sabbath day, how many of you would leave him there? To, to ride and die on the Sabbath. You would know, you would get him out. You would help him. You would pull him out. You would see the need and you would address the need. And what Christ taught us here is, is this concept of addressing the things that need to be addressed, identifying a need and doing something about it immediately so it doesn't continue to harm you even more. A lot of us have oxes in the ditches of our lives and we're leaving them there and we're just, they're dragging us down with them. We're not able to get beyond where we are today. We're not able to improve our current situation because we're not addressing the things that are dragging us down into a ditch in our lives. The first thing you've got to do if you're going to take care of your stuff is identify the areas that need your attention. The second thing is this. You've got to recognize that it's not really yours. Jason mentioned this last week. It's one of the mindset changes that we've got to have. You've got to recognize that it's not really yours. Everything you're managing, everything you're doing, when we look at the full definition of stewardship, it actually says it's the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one care, one's care. So yes, it's taking care of the stuff you have, but it's not just your stuff. And for most of us, I will say this, there is an extra added weight of responsibility when we're having to take care of something for someone else. Is that true? Is anybody else like that? Has anybody ever borrowed someone else's car and you're like, I've, I've got to be really careful with it. I don't want to get in a wreck. You know, you're watching out at, at stop, stop lights. Making sure no, if it's yours and something happens, well, you know, you got to deal with it. You don't like it. But if you're driving something or, or taking care of something or watching over something that belongs to someone else, most of us just have this added sense of responsibility that we've got to be even more careful. I remember a couple of years ago, we borrowed a truck I'm from somebody that goes to this church. And we were moving a piece of furniture. And um, we're, we're driving it, and I think we picked up a mattress or something, and the truck, like, shakes, and then it dies. It dies on the side of the road. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what's happening in this truck. It broke down, but now it's my responsibility. Like, I feel like I didn't do anything. I don't know why it died. I think we just ended up putting gas in it, and it started right back up. So maybe it was out of gas. I don't know. But there was that moment. There was that moment where I was like, I'm going to have to take it to the shop. It's 9 o'clock at night. Can we get a hold of a mechanic tonight? Because I'm not, I'm not going to call him and say, hey, I drove your truck. It's on the side of the road on I-64. I'm at home now watching, you know, Scandal, so you can pick it up tomorrow. And I, you, just, you just have this. You can't do that, right? It belong, you've got to take care of it because it's someone else's. So for many of us, that's the way we live. We, we, we get it when we're doing something for somebody else. We've just got to learn to look at everything that we've got around us, our money, our homes, our families. God has entrusted things to us 
that he said, I expect you to take care of these things because they're mine. And once we get that concept in, in our minds, once we let that sink in and say, I'm, I'm doing this for God. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing for him. Everything I'm, I'm taking care of, I'm taking care of on his behalf. You start to feel that extra, extra sense of responsibility. Some of us maybe are not always like that because there, there is the verse that says, you know, if you can't, if you can't be trusted to take care of other people's things, why would you take care of your own? There are, there are people out there like that. My best friend growing up, uh, he was like that. Everything that I would ever loan him would come back broken. I loaned him my sled. It came back in two pieces. I loaned him my BB gun. He dropped it off the roof, the roof of his house. Uh, he broke my stuff. And so I guess, I guess we don't all feel that way. Um, but for many of us, you know, it's that added weight, that extra responsibility. And it, it encompasses so many things. It, it applied to my kids you know, children, um, not just possessions. When I would watch my own kids, they always got hurt. Kyle had so many stitches that I still think the CPS is, is I don't know what the statute of limitation is for kids having stitches so many times that you can't get investigated. But, but my kids would get hurt. But if I watched other people's kids, it's like, I, I don't want them to get hurt. I got to be extra careful, you know, just put them in a little padded room. We just seem somehow to just pick up a little bit more care when we're not just caring for our own things. When it's not just me that I'm responsible for and accountable to, it carries extra weight. C.S. Lewis, one of the great Christian authors of all time, this great thinker, one of the great thinkers of our time, um, said this, every faculty you have, your power of thinking or of moving your limbs from moment to moment is given to you by God. Everything that you do comes from God, he says. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, his own already. Everything you have, everything you do, your entire being, the scripture says, is from God. Everything that you're in charge of is God's. You've got to change that mindset if you're going to be a good steward. The third thing you've got to do to, to take care of your stuff is this. Understand that you have to work it, not just watch it. And oh, this is such an important concept. You've got to work it not just watch it. We're not put here just to keep an eye on things, right? We're not put here just to, just to sit back and say, I'll take care of it so that nothing happens to it. He actually says several times throughout the scripture that we are to work. Even from the beginning, uh, we were called to work the fields. We were called to multiply. We were called to do something with what we've been given other than just keep an eye on it, right? There's a story that Jesus tells that illustrates this perfectly. We alluded to it earlier. It's in Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents. Um, the, the, the parable of the talents is, is used so many times in, in, in sermons. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to paraphrase it really quickly because the concept that we get from this is the idea that we can't just watch. We've got to work. There's a, there's a servant um, or three servants that are working for this one master. So there's one boss, three employees. And the boss says to his employees, hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to go away. I'm going to put each of you guys in charge of something. And the Bible actually says he puts them each in charge according to their own ability, what he knows that they can do. He's not asking them to manage more than they are able to manage. So the first guy, he gives them five bags of silver. Some translations of the Bible is going to say five talents. But it's some amount of money, okay? So five bags of money the first guy is given. The second guy, maybe not as responsible, hasn't been there as long, hasn't proven himself as much. But he says, you know what, you can handle two bags of money. I'm going to give you two bags of money. I need you to take care of this while I'm gone. The third guy, he gives them one bag of money. Um, some of us are, are one bag of money type people, right? Some of us are, are able to handle more. And so God says, you've already 
proven to me you're taking care of things, so he's, he's entrusted us the more. But each person, according to their own ability, is giving something to watch out for. And so while the master's gone, the first guy with the five bags of money, he gets out, he works it, he invests it, he goes out and he works hard, and what he does is he turns the five bags of money into five more. He doubles it. He doubles what the master gave him by hard work. Second guy, two bags, same thing, goes out, works hard, invests, turns two bags into four bags, doubles the investment. Both of these guys, the master comes back and says, well done. You've done a great job in in handling what you've already been given. So I'm going to trust you with more. The third guy does something that on the surface of it doesn't sound that bad. He says, you know, I just want to protect it. I want to make sure nothing bad happens to what's been given to me. So I'm going to take this one bag of money and I'm going to bury it. Put it in the ground, make sure it's safe, nothing's going to happen. When the master comes back, he's not pleased. He's actually more than not pleased, he's angry. He calls him a wicked and lazy servant for just taking what he was given and doing nothing with it. He says, you could have at least put it in the bank so I would have earned some interest. Now, this is not a concept about God being greedy because he needs more. This is, this is teaching of Christ saying you can't just take what you've been given and sit on it and do nothing. You are expected to. You are called to, you are commanded to take what you're given and do something with it, to do more. We are asked by God to share the gospel. We are asked by God to take care of the things that we've been given. We are are asked by God to, to take what he's given us and to multiply it, to turn it into more. Here's the point of this. You know, God always does his share. God always lives up to his end of the bargain. And what he's saying to us is sometimes you're just not doing what is within your own abilities to do. Remember at the beginning of the story, the master, the boss, goes to his, goes to his servants and he, he gives to each of them according to his own ability. He knew what they could do. He knew what they were capable of. And he's not asking the guy with the one bag of money to do something he can't do. God is just asking you, are you doing what you can? Are you working as hard as you're capable? Are you giving it your best effort to get a return on the life that I've given you, on the things that I've put in your care? If you're going to take care of the stuff that God gave you, you've got to work it, not just watch it. You've got to work on your relationships. You've got to work on your family. You've got to work to earn money. God called us to be workers, not just watchers. The fourth thing you've got to do if you're going to learn to take care of your stuff is you can expect a return on your investment. If you go into this trusting God, believing God really does bless, believing that God really does provide that God really does care about what we do and he really does reward us. And these scriptures prove that that's one of the things that he wants us to do is you can expect a return on your investment. When Jason mentioned in the video and he said last week, uh, this is the only area that God actually invites us to test him is with our finances. Test him by giving, test him by tithing, test him by being obedient in the way you handle your money. And he says, I will pour out showers of blessings on you. Do it his way and expect him to come through for you. First Timothy, there's a verse that says a, a laborer deserves his reward or his, his, uh, his pay. When you manage well what you are given, when you work with all your effort, God is saying you will be rewarded. I do have a reward for you doing what I've asked you to do. It might not always be in the way you think. I mean, some of us are looking for get-rich-quick schemes. Some of us are looking for if I do this, you know, you promise I get a bigger car or a better job. And then, listen, I... This is not about a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not a, it's not a series of steps that you take to, to walk out of here and, and have a financial windfall. This is not what this is about. It's not a formula. There's no specific formula that says we're going to earn more money. We're not a pre- prosperity you know, teaching church that says do this and you get more. It's not always about getting stuff. 
with us. But God does say, I want you to have an abundant life. God does say, I want you to, to follow what I say and see if I don't take care of you, right? So while, while some of us may walk through our entire lives and, and never be wealthy, God does say, if you do what I've called you to do, if you follow what I've, what I've laid out for you, then I will trust you with more. Some of us, are, we're going to earn our, our final rewards in the long run. And maybe that's part of our issue, too, is we want the get rich quick. We want the how can I fix everything now? And God's saying a lot of this is, is long-term investment. Actually, it's in eternal investments. There's a, there's a verse that um, says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 9, where Jesus talks about what he expects us to do. And, and, and the disciples are asking, God, what is the lesson? Christ, what is the lesson that we can learn from this? And he says, here's the, here's the lesson. Luke chapter 6, verse 9. He says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Some of us maybe need to get this concept down too, that I'm not just working for what I get here. I'm working for eternity. I, I'm investing in eternal rewards as well. The Bible shows us in all these parables that Christ talks about that faithful stewards who do the master's will with the master's resources can expect to be incompletely rewarded in this life, but fully rewarded in the next God promises us so many things. And, and, and can, I, can I say this? As a, as a guy who has learned to trust in the promises of God, he never, never fails to come through on what he's promised. If I do my part, God always does his part. Four things you've got to do. If you, if you want to learn to take care of your stuff, the first thing you've got to do is, is recognize or identify the areas that need your attention. Second thing is recognize that it's not really yours. Third is understand that you've got to work it, not just watch it. And the fourth thing is expect a return on your investment. So our takeaway is, is not that, man, if we do the things that, that God called us to do, we get to be rich or, or we get to, you know, have these giant mansions and rule over. A lot of his disciples were confused about what it meant to, to even inherit the kingdom of heaven here on earth. They thought he was going to take over by force and they were all going to be wealthy. And God's like, it's not all about, it's not all about that. Sometimes it's about what's what's happening on the inside. Sometimes it's about what's happening in eternity. But here is a takeaway for you today. Whether or not, whether or not you think doing this is, is the kind of reward you want, you are called upon by God and you are expected to be a good steward. You are expected to take care of what gave you. It's part of your responsibility. God directs us to take care of the stuff we've been given. Reading further in the stories that we've highlighted today from Matthew chapter 25, from Luke chapter 12, there's actually uh, some really clear and maybe some scary judgment at the end that is, that is reaped upon the, the people who don't take care of what they've been given, the people who are considered irresponsible, the people who don't care. Um, God is not pleased. God is not impressed by those of us who choose not to do anything with what he gives us. So God has entrusted something to each of you. God has given everybody something. And he says, I want you to take care of it. I want you to do what you can with what you've got. And then, you know what? Once you've done that, we're going to try giving you more. We're going to expand your territory. We're going to expand your, your wealth. We're going to expand your family. We're going to expand the things that you do well with. Trust me. See if I won't give you more. See if I won't bless you. God has given something to everybody here according to your own abilities and is expecting you to do something with it. So my biggest question for you this morning is this. Are you being a good steward? 
Are you taking care of what God gave you? And instead of being, I run a small company, man, I, I see this all the time. It's what I wish I could get across to every new employee who comes in and they work for me a week and they, they want to raise. They want more money. They want a bigger bonus. You know, can, when, when, can I make, when can I make a dollar more? Are you willing to work more? Are you willing to prove to me that you can take care of the responsibilities? Well, no, I just I feel like I deserve it. I feel like I deserve it. How many of us with God are, are living our lives that way? Man, I just feel like I deserve more. I don't want to do anything else. More responsibilities? No. Work over? No. Do something that's outside of what I've been asked to do already? I don't want to do any of that. I just, I want, can I get more? How many of us are living that way with God? Just saying, I, I just feel like I deserve more in life. I just don't deserve to be going through what I'm going through. I don't deserve to not, you know, be doing as well as, as that guy. I don't deserve to drive the car I'm driving that breaks down all the time. I don't deserve the relationship I'm in. I don't, I don't deserve my situation. And, and God may be looking back at us saying, you know what? I gave you all of this. You didn't take care of it. You didn't work it. You didn't watch out for the areas that were draining you. And you want more? How many of us are taking care of the things that we've got? So I've got three questions I want to ask you guys as we close. I think some of us, honestly, the, the truth is, according to Scripture, we are the ones holding ourselves back. We are the ones preventing God from giving us some of the blessings that he has available for us. When Christ said, I came that you might have a more abundant life, he didn't say just walk up with your hand out. He said, Here, there are some things you can do to help yourself. And trust me, I'll do my part. So here are some questions to consider. First one is this. Where are you being most irresponsible with what you've got? With your money, with your time, with your commitments, with your resources? Where are you being most irresponsible? What is draining you the most? What is preventing you from holding on to what you've got? Where are you being most irresponsible? Second question is this. Do you really believe that you're managing God's property? That is such a, Jason called it a, a mindset change, and it really is. It's, it's, a, it's an ability to think of your life as not being entirely your own. When you get that everything that I've got came from God, everything that I am is of God, it can change the way you live every day of your life. And the third question is this. Where do you need to work more? What are you not working on hard enough? What are you not investing enough in? Certainly this is true of, of, of earning money, right? We are, we are called to be workers and laborers, and we are, according to the Bible, worthy of our reward when we go out and work hard. And, and Colossians calls us to everything that we do, work as though we're working for the Lord. How many of us really work that way? Where do you need to work harder in your life? There's something, there's some area in, in all of these points that maybe some of us are just not giving God what we know we can give. I want to ask us to bow our heads as we close this morning.